Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I'm Solomon Izanga Shams in Johannesburg, South Africa. Well, today we assess the performance of the five teams representing Africa at the World Cup after their friendly matches played earlier this week, as Cameroon were clobbered and only Algeria came out with a win. We'll be asking how the relationship between Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho and Cameroon great Samuel Eto'o will be after their exchange of words. And with the second leg of the CAF Champions League first round matches on this weekend, we hear from a player with DR Congo side AS Vita Club. There's no more little team in Congo. All the teams are very big now, are dangerous, so they want to play. Everybody want to play, every team want to do best. That's all coming up here on Planet Sport Football Africa. First to the friendlies. Lots of international friendlies were played on Wednesday, including all of Africa's five World Cup teams in action. Only Algeria managed to win, while there was an encouraging result for Ivory Coast. Algeria won 2-0 at home to Slovenia. Slovenia ranked number 27 in the world. Ivory Coast came back from 2-0 down to draw 2-2 with Belgium. Goals from Didier Drogba and Max Gradel. And Solomon, big positives for both teams there. Yes, most definitely. Big one for uh, especially Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast haven't lost a game since August of last year. And for them to come back and get that injury time goal is definitely a good result for them. And I think looking at the five teams that are going to be representing Africa in Brazil 2014, I, I was actually thinking Algeria is the weakest link out of the five teams. But it was good to see that they're preparing very well. And the 2-0 victory against Slovenia is definitely going to be a huge booster for them. Now in other matches, both Nigeria and Ghana failed to score. Nigeria drawing 0-0 with Mexico in Atlanta in the USA in an evenly matched contest. And Ghana losing 1-0 away to Montenegro, who are lower-ranked opponents. Montenegro are 52nd in the world, whereas Ghana are 37th. And they never managed to recover after conceding a penalty in the first minute. Yes, they couldn't come back, most definitely, because for... The Black Stars, I thought, you know, this is going to be a time for them to really prepare to go into this last phase of the World Cup in a very great mindset. Montenegro is a very strong side. And I think for me, Ghana, the stronger part of the team is definitely going to be the midfield. But they need to really sit down. I don't think Ghana is going to go to Brazil 2014 and have the same success they did uh, back in 2010. Not based on this result, but I think just based on the preparation and the caliber of uh, players that they have right now. So it's definitely not going to be easy for them. But I, I hope they can really get their preparations together and win some games and get some confidence to Nigeria. And Nigeria has always been traditionally playing Mexico in the in the USA. And the last time they played, they, they lost just by a one-goal margin. And it's good to see Nigeria getting a nil-nil draw there against Mexico. Mexico is definitely going to be a good opponent for Nigeria to test uh, their skills and, and get ready for the World Cup. Joseph Yobo, the captain of the Nigerian side, I was hoping to see him play, but he just picked a, an injury just before uh, this game. You know, a long-standing player for Nigeria, just to be able to beef up that defense and have a a few options. It was good to see other young players like Imo Ezekiel coming in from Belgium and a few other young players. I think what Stephen Keshi, the coach, is trying to do here, you know, is to is to look at a whole pool of players and to be able to make sure that he has a, a lot of options when it comes to selection. And I think that is just a great thing. Just so when he names his final uh, team players for the World Cup, he's going to make sure that he has only the best.
Now, very concerning was Cameroon losing 5-1 to Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo on fire with two goals. It was 1-1 at half-time, ended up 5-1 and a very disappointing performance from the Indomitable Lions. Yes, very disappointing performance, especially when you let in five goals in one game, uh, building up to a World Cup. Uh, The coach would have to go back to the drawing board now. And if you don't sort out those issues before the World Cup, it's definitely going to be a problem because it's it's five goals you let in here. So you have to question the defense and you have to question the goalkeeping somewhere, somehow, and begin to say, okay, how do we rectify it? But losing concentration in the second half is not really a good way to build up to the World Cup because when you go to the World Cup and you lose concentration that way, you're going to end up with defeats, which is not really what Cameroon would want to. Uh, The coach needs to look at it again and say, Okay, do we need to bring in a few players? What do we need to do? How do we need to make sure we keep concentration? Well, you can give us your views on these games on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Let us know how you think the African teams are shaping up ahead of the World Cup finals, which start in Brazil on the 12th of June and finish on the 13th of July. Well, Norman gave us a comprehensive analysis of the friendly, saying these are the realities of football life outside of the African continent. A good win for Algeria. Excellent draw for Ivory Coast, since Belgium are a real threat. Nigeria should have done better against the lightweight Mexicans. Ghana mesmerised by a solitary penalty. And Cameroon had a problem with Ronaldo. And Norman concludes that African teams will need to pull up their socks. So you can have your say as well on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word. And don't forget to like our page. Now, the battle for places in the group stage of the African Champions League and the CAF Confederation Cup continues this weekend with first round, second leg games on all across the continent. Now, last week here in Harare, Dynamos of Zimbabwe were held to a nil-nil draw by an impressive AS Vita club of DR Congo. And while Tipi Mazembe have made Congolese club football famous, winning a fourth CAF Champions League title in 2010 and then finishing runners-up in the FIFA Club World Cup, other teams from the DRC haven't been at the same level. However, AS Vita Club striker Christian Mbala Ndombe told me that other teams are improving all the time in DR Congo. Congolese football is very, it's very good. It's, uh, it's going up a little bit up because... Uh, all the team, there is no more little team in Congo. All the teams are very big now, are dangerous, so they want to play. Everybody want to play, every team want to do it best. So it's very uh, strong teams there in Congo now. And for a Congo to win the CAN, to win the Nations Cup, yeah. what do you think would need to be done for that to happen? To work more, and we have to work hard to do the best. We've got a very strong guys that's playing in Europe, even in Congo, yeah. So one day maybe you'll win the Nations Cup again. I wish so. That's AS Vita club striker Christian Mbala Ndombe. So Solomon, looking at the DR Congo national team, they were Africa Cup of Nations winners in 1968 and 1974, went out at the group stage in 2013 despite playing well. Do you see the DRC getting back among the really big guns of Africa again? Definitely the DR Congo, they, they've been a success for a long time. And, uh, but recently, just even qualifying for the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, you know, is always a struggle for them. 
them not getting through the the quarterfinals uh, and it's always a struggle for them and the Congolese uh, football fans are really passionate about their football that's one thing I can tell you you know Steve when when AS Vita and TP Mazembe get to play it's always going to be a big big game they love their football they have the talents and I think they have the resources that DR Congo definitely for me deserve to be one of the top teams in the continent of Africa yeah a team to look out for are the DR Congo and many thanks to Solomon Ashams in South Africa this is Planet Sport Football Africa well now on the show I'm joined by Stuart Weir our European football expert in the UK and uh, lots of Africans doing well in the English Premier League none more so arguably than Yaya Toure the uh, Ivory Coast star who scored a, a simply fantastic goal in the final of the English League Cup last weekend Almost, you could call it a chip from 25 yards out. The ball dipped down with superb accuracy and that levelled the game which uh, Man City went on to win 3-1 against Sunderland. Simply brilliant, Stuart. Well, I think Yaya Torre must wish he could play at Wembley every week because if you recall a couple of seasons ago, he scored the deciding goal in the semi-final of the FA Cup and then again in the FA Cup final. And... You know, it wasn't just the most brilliant goal, as you say, but it was actually a game-changing goal because Manchester City were one down to Sunderland and really hadn't produced anything. You know, Sunderland were holding their own. Uh, and you could have seen that game sneaking to a 1-0 win for Sunderland. And suddenly Yaya Torre looks up and, as you say, somehow chipped to perfection and with quite a lot of power as well. And, you know, Manchester City then scored immediately after that uh, and, the, and, and the game was changed. And, you know, it's the old cliche about wanting your big players to perform on the big stage. And that is what Yaya Torre has done. And, of course, Manchester City manager Pellegrini was under a lot of pressure to win this. It's a fabulous season so far for Yaya Torre. Uh, would you see Manchester City as uh, the favourites to win the English Premier League? And uh, that would be a second uh, trophy for Toure this season? Um, yes, and of course they're still in the FA Cup as well, so it's, it's possible. I mean, Liverpool are looking incredibly strong at the moment, you know, scoring goals for fun. Uh, Arsenal are uh, perhaps struggling a little bit. Man City's problem may be that at the moment, you know, they've, they've played two less games than the others and they're still in the FA Cup, still at the moment in the Champions League. So uh, they will have more games to play over the end of the season than, say, Liverpool. And whether that would be a factor, uh, who knows? But then, of course, they've got such a big squad that they should be able to cope with that. I think that the Premiership is still too close to call. Uh, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, but certainly Man City are in with as good a shot as anyone. It's going to be a great to finish for sure as we are in the business end of the English Premier League season. Emmanuel Adebayor, the uh, Togo star, continues to sparkle at Tottenham Hotspur, having uh, been given a new lease of life under the coach Tim Sherwood, who took over mid-season. He's scoring big, big goals for his club. Yes, I mean, the smart money said that Adebayor was going to leave Tottenham in the January window because, uh, you know, AVB simply didn't rate him. Then a new manager comes in, Tim Sherwood picks him immediately. He's played 12 league games since that and scored eight goals. 
And I mean, just just in the in the last few games, one nil against Everton, he scores. Four nil against Newcastle, he gets two. And then in the uh, Europa League, where they're really up against it against Dnipro, um, lose the first leg. They're one nil down in the second leg at home. Get a goal back, and then suddenly Adebayor scores two excellent goals late in the game, and Tottenham are through to the next round. Every time he gets the ball, he looks as if he could score. He's playing with such enthusiasm. And uh, scoring for fun, uh, you know, it's uh, he's he didn't a double figures already, uh, having having not been picked for the first half of the season. Uh, you know, it's almost as if, as if Tottenham have signed a new forty million pound striker, just playing so well. Well, yes, Adebayor's touch uh, is still very much with him for sure. Now, Stuart, uh, Samuel Eto'o and Jose Mourinho. What's uh, the relationship going to be like between these two now? They go back a long way, but uh, a week or so ago, some comments were made by the Chelsea manager, Jose Mourinho, questioning the performance of his strikers in general and also going on to maybe question the age of Eto'o, the uh, Cameroon star uh, who is 32, but Mourinho said maybe he's 35, who knows? Eto subsequently made some comments. Uh, is this going to affect the relationship between these two who go all the way back to their days at Inter Milan? Well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that Mourinho is a past master at making comments for other people's benefits. And I think he was simply saying to his paymasters, look, uh, I need some money to buy a new striker in the summer. And his little joke about is Eto 32 or is he 35? Well, of course, Eto got his own back uh, after having an excellent game in the in the Champions League. Uh, he said uh, to the press, not bad for a 37-year-old, was it? <laughs> I think they'll patch it up. Uh, I think that that Eto knows he's in the last phase of his career, and you know to pl- to stay at Chelsea and play perhaps twenty twenty five games in the year uh, will will satisfy him. You know he's he's been to Russia for his big money. He's had his spells in his prime at Inter Milan and in uh, Barcelona. So uh, I think they'll patch it up because uh, Mourinho is in the end always very loyal to his players. And, you know, I think he's just frustrated they're not scoring enough goals and was perhaps both trying to speak to his owners, but at the same time saying to Torres and Eto'o, look, perhaps if I criticise them, they'll do better. And uh, briefly, Stuart, uh, rather intriguing incident at Crystal Palace in the English Premier League where Morocco star Marouane Chamac, a former Arsenal man, has been fined by his own manager for diving. You know, Tony Pulis, the manager, has picked out Jerome Thomas and Chamac saying, look, there's too much diving in the game. Uh, it's it's embarrassing. Uh, I don't want my players doing it. And he's going to find the two who did. So, in a way, uh, good on him for taking on uh, that issue. A little embarrassing for his players. It's a disease, he said. Uh, and uh, he's obviously going to root the disease out. Well, good on Crystal Palace manager Tony Poulis, I'd say, and we could do with more coaches like that. Thanks a lot to Stuart Weir in the UK, also to Solomon Ashams in South Africa. That's it for today's show, but do give us your thoughts on the topic on our Facebook page as we ask, what do you make of the way that the African teams are shaping up ahead of the World Cup finals? In the midweek friendlies, only Algeria came out with a win. Cameroon were beaten 5-1 by Portugal. The Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word, and don't forget to like our page too from me steve vickers in zimbabwe the show's back next week you can find us online at planetsport.tv and planet sport football africa is a 2k plus international sports media production